In this recording, we're going to be discussing the issue of how and when to study Torah on Shabbos, and these sources are collected in Minchas Baruch, the preface to the first volume. Now, this may sound like a silly question, because most of us instinctively think that one of the major goals of Shabbos is in order to study Torah as much as possible, but we'll see that there's a number of sources that really question that, and there's some interesting discussion about a few issues relating to studying Torah on Shabbos. So the first issue is the most basic. Should someone study Torah on Shabbos or not? So surprisingly, this is actually a debate in the Yushalmi. The Beis Yosef at the beginning of Simon Reish Peiches quotes from the Yushalmi that Rabbi Chagai holds that lo nitnu Shabbosos yomim tovim ela The purpose of Shabbos and Yantif is to eat and drink, but you're not supposed to be studying Torah. You're supposed to be enjoying yourself. And the printed Yushalmi has an interesting phrase: al yedeisha pezemasriach, because if the mouth is is not involved in studying Torah and speaking words of Torah. So instead it says disgusting things like Lashon Hara and just a waste of time. So we're worried that if people don't use their mouth properly over Shabbos, they'll end up using it incorrectly. So therefore, Therefore the rabbis allowed, they gave special permission to study Torah so that people don't end up using their mouth badly over Shabbos. So this is a very interesting position. Rabbi Chagai holds that really you're not supposed to study Torah on Shabbos or Yantif. The point of Shabbos and Yantif is physical enjoyment. But because we're worried about how people will use speech over Shabbos and Yantif, therefore they allowed people to study Torah. Now Rabbi Brachia disagrees with this and he says the opposite. The point of Shabbos and Yantif is to study Torah. So Rabbi Brachia and Rabbi Chagai seem to have a fundamental disagreement about whether you should spend Shabbos studying Torah or eating and enjoying. So the Beis Yosef himself says that there's actually no debate, and he quotes that in the Tanchuma it explains that Rabbi Brachia was referring to businessmen, people who work all week. So they should prioritize studying Torah on Shabbos because they don't have time the whole week to study Torah. They're busy working, so on Shabbos they should spend their time studying Torah. Rabbi Chagai is referring to Talmidei Chachamim, so people who are learning full-time. So since they have the ability to learn the entire week, so they should relax on Shabbos and enjoy themselves. So that's the way the Beis Yosef interprets this Yerushalmi, and that's how he presents this issue, that people who are learning Torah the whole week, they should take a break on Shabbos and spend their time relaxing. People who are working all week should study more on Shabbos because they didn't have a chance to study during the week. And this is also the approach that the Ramah takes in Simon Reish Tzadi. He says, Upalim ubale batim, that people who have businesses who are busy the entire week, so they should study more Torah on Shabbos than Talmidei Chachamim, who spent the whole week studying Torah. And the Talmidei Chachamim yamshichu yoser ba'oneg achila v'shtiyak tzas. The Talmidei Chachamim should enjoy themselves a little bit more on Shabbos because they spent the whole week studying Torah. So the Ramah presents it a little less extreme that the Talmidei Chachamim don't learn at all and the Balabatim learn on Shabbos. But he's saying that the Balabatim should learn a little more than the Talmidei Chachamim on Shabbos and the Talmidei Chachamim should learn a little less. It doesn't mean that they don't learn anything, but they enjoy themselves a little more than they did during the week. So that's the Beis Yosef and the Ramah's view. Now the Minchas Baruch points out that the tour in Simon Reish Tzadi quotes a Medrash which also seems to line up with this view. Amra Torah Lifnei Baruch The Torah said to Hashem, 
Hashem, what's going to happen when the Jews come into Eretz Yisrael and they all start working, they all have farms, they're all busy. Who's going to study Torah? So Hashem responded, I have a partner for you, the Torah, which is Shabbos, because on Shabbos, they can't work on Shabbos, and therefore they're going to study Torah. So according to the Medrash, Hashem's response to the Torah, when are the Jews going to have time to study me, is that on Shabbos they're going to have time to study. But that's talking about people who are working the whole week. So again, the Medrash, and he also quotes that there's a ton of Debele Yahu, they both seem to be stressing that people who are working the whole week should prioritize studying Torah on Shabbos. But people who study Torah the whole week, so they have less of a need to maximize their time on Shabbos to study more. So that's the first view regarding this issue. Now it's interesting because the Me'iri in his commentary on Shabbos Kufiud Chesem Beis quotes another explanation of this division, which is actually the opposite. He quotes this in the name of his teachers that they said that someone who studies Torah the whole week should study more Torah on Shabbos because they're experts in the study of Torah. So they'll enjoy it. Whereas someone who's working the whole week, so it might be more difficult for them to study Torah, so they should push themselves less on Shabbos because we want them to enjoy their Shabbos. So this is the exact opposite explanation that someone who's studying all week will have a better Shabbos by studying Torah. Whereas someone who's working all week will enjoy their Shabbos more by resting and eating. So the point is for everyone to enjoy their Shabbos as much as possible. So that's the explanation that the Me'iri quotes from his teachers, but then he disagrees and he repeats the same view as the Beis Yosef and the Ramah. So ultimately, he seems to come down on that side. Now, there's another thing interesting in this Me'iri. Not only does he quote a possible interpretation of this Yerushalmi, which is the opposite of the Beis Yosef and the Ramah, but the Minchas Baruch also points out that if you read the Me'iri carefully, his version of the Yerushalmi says that the way to enjoy Shabbos is by sleeping. Meaning the Beis Yosef's version of the Yerushalmi, when it's trying to illustrate how to enjoy Shabbos physically, uses the example of eating and drinking. But the Me'iri's version of the Yerushalmi says to sleep. And there are other poskim also who talk about a Shabbos nap as being the fulfillment of enjoying Shabbos. So the Ramah in Simon Reish Tzadi quotes from the tour, Im rogil someone who generally takes a nap in the afternoon, a siesta, al yivatla ki onegulo. So on Shabbos, they should also take a nap. So the Ramah is just saying that someone who would miss having an afternoon nap should make sure to take their nap on Shabbos. But the Arizal was even more enthusiastic about a Shabbos nap. And even though in general, the Arizal was very against sleeping during the day, he thought that that was a very bad idea. But the Chida quotes in his Sefer Machzik Bracha on Simon Reish Tzadi that on Shabbos, the Arizal would take a two to three hour nap. And the Chida adds explicitly that this would apply even to someone who's not used to taking a nap during the week. But on Shabbos, it would still be a good idea based on this Arizal if they enjoy it. And then he ends with a little bit of a joke. He says that a lot of people followed the Arizal's custom to take a nap on Shabbos. And it would be great if they would follow other things that the Arizal said to do. Everyone's happy to follow his advice to take a nap on Shabbos. But some of his more demanding practices, people are less excited about. Either way, so there is a strong tradition that taking a nap on Shabbos is part of enjoying. Shabbos, and that's what the Me'iri's version of the Yerushalmi also reflects. So now coming back to what's in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah again in Simon Reish Tzadi quotes this view that people who learn all week should learn less on Shabbos than people who work all week. They should take it easier and enjoy. But that doesn't mean that people who learn all week 
can't learn on Shabbos because the Mishnah Bura and Sifkat and Gimel quotes from the El Yeraba, who in turn is quoting from the Shalah, that even people who learn all week, it doesn't mean that they have to waste their whole day on Shabbos and not learn at all. They should just take the day on Shabbos a little easier. They can relax a little bit, take a short nap. They eat bigger meals, but they're still allowed to study Torah and they should try to study Torah that day. So if someone is learning full time and they want to study Torah on Shabbos, it's really a matter of degrees. The Ramah's not saying they can't study. He's suggesting that it's worth using the day of Shabbos to rest up a little bit in order to be able to learn more the following week. But every person can probably gauge for themselves when they've rested up for the week and how much energy they're able to devote to studying Torah on Shabbos without it affecting their studying during the week. So that's the basic view of that issue. Now that brings us to the second issue, which is having established that everyone is able to study Torah on Shabbos, even though there is a view in the Yerushalmi, which seems to indicate otherwise, there are still some poskim who believe that there are limitations about what one should study on Shabbos. So the Ramah in his commentary on the tour, the Darkei Moshe, and Simon Shin Zion Ostes, quotes from the Orzarua, very interesting discussion. The Orzarua begins with the idea that one should not study on Shabbos something that they haven't studied already. You should only review what you've already learned, but you shouldn't push yourself to learn new material. And his proof for this is very interesting because the Gemara in Tan Islam Amid Aleph discusses what you're permitted to study on Tishabav. Now, the basic principle on Tishabav is that we only study Torah, which does not bring a lot of happiness. So generally studying Torah makes us incredibly happy. So it's not permitted on Tishabav. But the Gemara says there is an exception. If you're studying something new, something that you're not familiar with, so then you are permitted to study it on Tishabav. And Rashi explains because Islay Tsaara, since you don't know the material and you have to push yourself and really work hard in order to understand it, so it's difficult, so it doesn't bring joy on Tishabav. So Dorzarua says on Shabbos, the study of Torah should be the exact opposite of Tishabav. Whatever brings us joy, we should study, but anything which makes it difficult, we shouldn't study. So that's why he suggests that you should only study on Shabbos something that you're familiar with, something that you already know, or something that's easy for you to go through, but something which is difficult, which takes a lot of energy and effort to study, so it's not going to make one happy, so that one should not study on Shabbos. That's the first view in Narzarua. But then he backtracks and he says, actually, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with that halacha with regards to Tisha B'av, and Rabbi Yehuda says that even new material gladdens and brings joy to the heart. So Rabbi Yehuda says that all Torah, whether we know it or whether it's new for us, whether we have to work hard to understand it or whether it comes easily, all Torah makes us happy. So therefore, it's all prohibited to study on Tisha B'av, except for the list of things which are permitted to study because they involve sadness. But in general, all regular Torah, regular halacha is considered to make us happy and it's all prohibited on Tisha B'av. So if that's the case, says the Arzarua, then it's all permitted on Shabbos. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, every part of Torah will make us happy, whether we know it or whether we don't know it. Now, interestingly, the Arzarua doesn't actually hold like Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to Tisha B'av. He holds like the first view, but still he's saying that when it comes to learning Torah on Shabbos, we can rely on the view of Rabbi Yehuda, even if the halacha doesn't follow him with regards to Tisha B'av. Because since there is a view that all aspects of Torah make us happy, so that's enough to make it all permitted on Shabbos. So that's what the Darkei Moshe quotes as the Orzarua's conclusion, that one is allowed to study on Shabbos material, whether 
whether they've learned it before or whether it's new for them, whether it's going to be difficult or not. And in fact, the Mishnah Brura in the piece we mentioned earlier quotes from the Zohar that it's a mitzvah for a person to come up with new Torah insights on Shabbos. So one of our goals on Shabbos in learning Torah is to come up with a novel insight. Someone who's learning is not on the level to come up with something new. They should learn material which they haven't previously learned. So the Mishnah Brura emphasizes that on Shabbos we're able to come up with new insights or at least we're able to accept new material which we haven't previously learned. So that shows an openness to learning new material like the Arzarua's conclusion. Now, even so, there was a position that one should not exert themselves or push themselves too hard on Shabbos. So even though you're able to learn new material, but it shouldn't be too complicated or material that's going to be too difficult so the person's really going to suffer trying to understand the Torah concepts. And this is from Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his Siddur. This is based on the Gemara the Gemara rules that school children should not be taught new material on Shabbos. They should only review material that they already studied. So the Gemara has two possible explanations for this. Either The first problem is that if the kids are taught new material on Shabbos, then their parents are going to have to help them with their homework, and the parents won't be able to properly focus on enjoying Shabbos. So we only review material with the kids so that the parents won't get caught up trying to help the kids, and the parents will be able to enjoy Shabbos. And the second explanation is, because the kids are eating and drinking big meals on Shabbos, so it's difficult for them to process new material. So the best bet is to review with them stuff that they already learned and to save the new material for a weekday when they haven't eaten such a heavy meal. So for those two reasons, the Gemara suggests that when studying with the school kids on Shabbos, it should be a review and not new material. So now based on this, says Rav Yaakov Emden in his Siddur, that the same would follow for an adult, that studying something which is iun, which is going to take a lot of focus and a lot of effort, is going to ruin their Shabbos experience on some level because they're really going to be working hard. So the same principle would apply that the Gemara says to review with the kids, to make it easier, to teach them material which is easier to process and not to force them to study new things. So the same is true of a Talmud Chacham. They should spend Shabbos studying things which are easier to process, not iun, not things which take a lot of effort and a lot of work. So that's Rav Yaakov Emden's view. And based on that, he explains the Gemara in Shabbos on Kufi Tesemet Aleph that Rav Zera, when he used to see Talmidei Chachamim standing around on Shabbos speaking to each other, so he used to say to them, please don't violate Shabbos. So now, says Rav Yaakov Emden, since these guys are Talmidei Chachamim, presumably they're not chit-chatting. They wouldn't even do that on a weekday, certainly not on Shabbos. So they must have been discussing Torah ideas, and still Rabbi Zera said to them, don't engage in that conversation because it's too draining and it's too in-depth and you're not going to enjoy Shabbos properly, so it's almost as if you're violating it. So that's Rabbi Yaakov Emden's view that even though one is permitted to study Torah on Shabbos and they should study Torah on Shabbos and they can even study new material, but they shouldn't study draining, difficult concepts and he ends off, even the holy study of Torah needs to be in a way that's enjoyable. It shouldn't be a difficult burden or very difficult to study Torah. So 
everything that we do on Shabbos should be done in a way that's enjoyable. Now, interestingly, Rav Yaakov Emden repeats this same value in his Chuvas in Shelas Yaivitz Chelik Aleph Simon Kuf Samach Beis with regards to the issue of reading a newspaper on Shabbos. So even though ultimately he concludes that it's prohibited because the newspapers, at least back then, were filled with all sorts of business talk, so it's close to engaging in business discussions on Shabbos, but his first idea is that it should be allowed if a person enjoys it because we want people to enjoy their Shabbos and if missing the newspaper that day is going to make Shabbos less pleasant, so then we should allow them to read their newspaper. So this is a very important theme for Rav Yaakov Emden to enjoy Shabbos. Now similarly, the Chasim Sofer also in his comments on the Torah in Parshas Vayakel, Tav Kuf Samach Hey. So he has a similar analysis to Rav Yaakov Emden and he comments on the Pasuk of Tivaru Eish Bechol Mosh which is the Torah's prohibition to light a fire on Shabbos. So he points out that the last letters of those four words spell Shalom. And the first letters of those four words spell bit-emes, with truth. So he explains that even the Torah, which is called emes, which is called truth, still should be studied on Shabbos in a way which is shalom, which is peaceful, which is less intensely than during the week. It shouldn't be too difficult or draining. And again, he quotes the Gemara on Shabbos with Reb Zeira that he used to tell the Talmidei Chachamim to stop talking. So it sounds like he interprets it the same as Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that if they were learning in a way which was too intense, Rabbi Zeira would tell them not to do so on Shabbos. So the Chasim Sofer seems to have a similar view to Rav Yaakov Emden. Now, interestingly, the Maharal, at the end of his preface to his commentary on Pirkei Avos, which is called Derech Chaim, so he discusses the custom to study through Pirkei Avos between Pesach and Shavuos during those six weeks. And then again, there's a custom to study between Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah again to go through Pirkei Avos. So that means only in the summer months people are studying Pirkei Avos on Shabbos afternoon, not in the winter months. So he has two explanations for this. First, he says that in the winter months, Shabbos is too short. So if people tried to study a full chapter of Pirkei Avos on Shabbos afternoon, they would miss Shalashudis. They wouldn't be able to fit it in. But in the summer months, when the afternoon is much longer, so people are able to study it. And even if they take their time studying the whole chapter, they'll still have plenty of time during the day. The second explanation, says the Maharal, is because it's difficult to study during the rainy and cold season. People are not able to focus as well as they are during the summer months when the weather's nicer. And he quotes that the Gemara in Tanis Chesamud Bey's calls a rainy day a day of judgment. So people are not focused on a rainy day, and Torah has to be studied with a clear mind, the Gemara and Megillah says. So therefore, we don't push studying Pirkei Avos during the winter months when it would be more difficult. And he says, certainly not on Shabbos, when it would affect, it would ruin people's ability to enjoy Shabbos. And to prove this, he quotes that the Gemara in Gitin on Samachon Aleph says that Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish used to study Agadita on Shabbos. They would study the stories and the explanations of the Psukim, things that are traditionally considered lighter and easier to absorb than halachic discussions, which can get very convoluted and complicated. But Agadita is usually more exciting and more attractive to people. So Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, these two towering Torah giants, used to focus on studying Agadita on Shabbos. So the Maharal explains that why why did they do that? Because they wanted to enjoy Shabbos more. They didn't want anything to disrupt their enjoyment of Shabbos. 
So again, you see, according to the Maharal, that these great Torah giants were studying subjects which were easier and more exciting so that they wouldn't get drained by their learning on Shabbos. And the Maharal even adds that that's why in some places they only study Pirkei Avos between Pesach and Shavuos in the spring, but they don't study it in the summer because the summer is too hot. In other words, this is very important that the weather has to be proper in order to study because we don't want people pushing themselves when it's too cold or it's too hot and then they won't enjoy their Shabbos. And then he adds that in the places in Europe where he lives, they study Pekayavos throughout the whole summer because it doesn't get that hot. So it's very interesting to see how the Maharal is so focused on the weather and how that affects our ability to study Torah and enjoy it. And that on a day with bad weather, one should really be careful not to push themselves too much, even to study Torah, because it might disrupt their enjoying Shabbos. Now, one last source that reflects this viewpoint is the Ramah in Achuva Simon Zion. So this is his famous argument with the Maharshal about studying philosophy. And the Ramah is defending his study of philosophy. But he uses an interesting phrase and he he says that Hashem is his witness. I only study philosophy and secular studies on Shabbos and Yantif and Chol HaMoed when most people are taking walks. But during the weekday, I only study Halacha and Gemara and Mishnah and classical Sfarim. I don't study any secular studies. So again, it's interesting to note that according to the Ramah, he spent his extra free time on Shabbos, not taking walks, but pursuing some secular knowledge. And that was the way he chose to relax a little bit from the study of Torah. So now we've seen that there's a strong tradition that one should not push themselves to study draining difficult Torah on Shabbos because it will detract from their enjoyment of Shabbos. Now there is an opposing school of thought and there are poskim who hold that one should study as difficult Torah as they want on Shabbos. And Rabbi Yaakov Emden himself quotes that the Shalah disagrees with this. The Shalah, when he's describing the schedule of Shabbos, so he talks about the eating and then resting a little bit. And then, Then a person should sit down and study in the depth of Torah, the depth of Halacha. So according to the Shalah, there's no limitations on how much in depth a person can study. And similarly, the Mincha Salazar in his Chuvas Chela Gimel, Simon Memhei, also disagrees with Rabbi Yaakov Emden about this. And he counters the two proofs from the Gemara that Rabbi Yaakov Emden brought. First of all, the Gemara in Nidarim that says that you shouldn't teach school children new material on Shabbos. So he points out that when the Shulchan Aruch records this halacha, he does so in Yoridea, in the laws of teaching Torah. So the Shulchan Aruch quotes it as an educational policy. He does not quote it in the laws of Shabbos. So the Minchas Elazar explains that the reason is the Shulchan Aruch holds that this is a halacha in how to properly educate children. It's a bad pedagogical idea to put out new information on Shabbos because they're not going to be able to properly absorb it. So in terms of teaching methods, it's a bad idea to teach on Shabbos. But it's not because of any concerns about the kids not properly enjoying Shabbos. So that's a whole different spin on this halacha. And then it wouldn't apply to an adult because if they feel like they can absorb this material on Shabbos, so then go ahead. Similarly, the other Gemara in Shabbos, which says that Rabbi Zeira used to break up the Talmidei Chachamim who were learning in order to go enjoy Shabbos. So the Chida in Marzik Bracha points out that according to Rashi, Reb Zeira's concern was something a little different. 
He wasn't worried that the actual learning was difficult and draining, so it wasn't in the spirit of Shabbos, but he was worried that these guys would get so caught up in their learning and in their conversation that they would forget to eat entirely. They would just go the whole day learning and they would never sit down and eat. So that's why he would break up the conversation so that they would go home and eat. But once the Talmud Chacham already had his meal, so he did enjoy Shabbos, so then if he wants to come back in the afternoon and sit and learn with tremendous depth, even though it's going to be very difficult learning, but there would be no limitations against that. And the Minchas Baruch also quotes another approach to this Gemara from Reb Tzadok HaKohen in Shvisas Shabbos Mamar Aleph, and I'm going to paraphrase it because Reb Tzadok says it in more mystical terms, but I want to put this in more halachic terms. He points out that Rabbi Zeira was stopping the Talmidei Chachamim from learning in depth on Shabbos because that's what they did the entire week. So every person has to spend Shabbos a little differently than the way they spend the entire week. So for these Talmidei Chachamim in Reb Zeira's yeshiva to keep learning in depth straight through on Shabbos wouldn't change their day of Shabbos at all from what they did the whole week. So this really only applied to them who were studying so in depth that there would have been no difference between Shabbos and the rest of the week. But most people who don't spend their whole week so focused on the study of Torah, so if they want to study a little in depth on Shabbos, that wouldn't make it indistinguishable from the rest of their week. So those are a few approaches to explain those Gemaras. But again, the basic approach is against Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that a person can study in depth on Shabbos, even if it works their brain a little bit. And the Chida in Marzig Bracha also records that in some of the great Jewish communities, the practice was to study in depth on Shabbos. He says in Kustandia, which is Constantinople, which he calls Ir Gidola Lelokim, the great city to Hashem. So in that community, and he says there used to be great Gidole Hador, great Torah giants living there, and they would sit and study in-depth Gemara on Shabbos. And he says that there's a rumor that they still do it. And also in Yerushalayim, in the yeshiva of the Prichadash, so in one of the great Torah centers, they used to sit and study very in-depth halachas and very in-depth Torah concepts on Shabbos afternoon. And the Chidah says that that was the practice of the Prichadash's successors. So even nowadays in Yerushalayim, they're giving these very in-depth shiurim on complicated issues in Gemara. So basically the Chidah records all this anecdotal evidence about people who would push themselves and study complicated things on Shabbos. And he's okay with that. He also points out that if a Talmud Chacham does want to study lighter things on Shabbos, then that's also fine. And he says that that is the common practice amongst many Talmidei Chachamim. And even nowadays, that's a common practice that people will study something a little lighter on Shabbos. So either of those practices seems to be okay. A person can choose what they're more comfortable with. Now, it's also relevant to Maharal in his commentary to Pirkei Avos that we mentioned before in Perak Bey's Mishnaches. So he explains that why was the Torah given on Shabbos? And he answers because if the Torah had been given on a weekday, so then people may have mistakenly thought that just like we work during the week and rest on Shabbos, so too we study Torah during the week and rest from the study of Torah on Shabbos. So that's why Hashem gave the Torah on Shabbos to show that there is no day off. There is no day of rest when it comes to studying Torah. We have to constantly be studying Torah and the language of the Maharal explicitly includes Amal Torah, the in-depth, hard study of Torah. So the Maharal also seems to be advocating for the in 
in-depth study of Torah, even though we quoted a passage before where the Maharal seems more hesitant about it, but maybe that's where it's difficult and for external reasons a person's not enjoying themselves. But if a person is enjoying the study of Torah, so then they should work as hard as possible, even on Shabbos. So basically there is another school of thought that believes that one should spend their Shabbos studying even in-depth, complicated, and difficult Torah ideas and Torah sections. And the Kleyakar and his comments on Bracious Bey's Gimel, as well as the Ben Ishchai and his Chuvas Torah Lishma Simen Kuf Yud. So they both also seem to adopt this position. So again, as we said earlier, it seems that every person should know themselves and choose the best use of their time and energy on Shabbos. Should they take it a little lighter and study easier sections of Torah? Or should they push themselves and study very complicated in-depth sections? There are poskim lining up on either side. And there's certainly a strong school of thought that allows and even encourages studying in-depth, complicated Torah on Shabbos. Now, one more idea that's relevant to this issue is that the Sefer Yad Yosef on Shulchan Aruch and Simon Reish Tzadi, so he suggests that there might be a distinction between something that somebody's learned already versus a topic that they've never studied at all. So maybe the prohibition on studying complicated, difficult subjects applies to something that you haven't studied at all, because that really is difficult to get involved in a totally new topic that a person and doesn't even know the basics about and to start trying to make sense of it. So that can be very draining and difficult. But if someone's already studied that topic and they know something about it and they had a question or there's something that they want to revisit, so then even though that could be difficult and draining and they might have to work hard, but it has a different feel about it. So he suggests that that would be allowed. And that's also a pretty logical distinction, which reflects the way a lot of us experience taking in new material. So either way, this is the interesting discussion surrounding whether a person should should take in new material and whether a person should exert themselves to study difficult material on Shabbos or whether that's not in the Shabbos spirit of enjoyment. Now, I do just want to stress the importance of studying Torah on Shabbos because we've been discussing some of the potential issues with studying Torah on Shabbos. But as a counter to that, there are a lot of added benefits to the study of Torah on Shabbos and it is very important. So the Gemara in Beitzah on Tezayin and Aleph talks about the Neshama Yisera, this extra soul that we get on Shabbos. Now Rashi defines that as the ability to eat more. So it means that we're calmer and we're able to eat larger meals. But the Shita Mekubetzes explains it differently in a more spiritual way that it means that we have more of God's presence and we're able to study Torah better. And the Drisha also in Arachayim Simen Taflamid also writes that the Neshama Yaseira allows us to study Torah better on Shabbos. And the Shalah also references this concept of Neshama Yaseira that a person and can learn better Torah on Shabbos. And as we've seen throughout, the Shalah is a big believer in the importance of studying Torah on Shabbos. Every time we've raised a potential issue, the Shalah has come down on the side that no one should study Torah as much as possible on Shabbos. And the Minchas Baruch quotes a number of other statements from Torah giants from some of the Hasidic Sherebis like the Kedushas Levi and the Bnei Yisachar, as well as a story about the Chazon Ish quoted in Pe'er Hador, where the Chazon Ish came up with an idea on Shabbos. And he said that such a high quality Torah idea can only be appreciated on Shabbos. And the Ben Ishchai as well commented that Shabbos is a time for studying Torah. So for all our discussion about the potential issues, there is a very strong tradition that studying Torah on Shabbos is even better and has better qualities than during the week.
Now, the final issue that we'll discuss about studying Torah on Shabbos is that there's a very early custom not to study Torah on Shabbos afternoon after Mincha. So this is first mentioned in Tosos and Menachos Lamed Amid Aleph. He quotes that Rav Sar Shalom Gaon held that Moshe Rabbeinu had died on Shabbos afternoon, late in the afternoon. So based on this, he explained two customs that we have. First of all, we say Tzidkaschat Tzedek, that God's judgment is correct. So we say those verses on Shabbos Mincha after Shmona Esrei. So that's a form of Tzidik Hadin, of accepting God's judgment, which we say at funerals. So the reason we say that on Shabbos afternoon is because Moshe died at that time. So that was a very catastrophic loss for the Jewish people. So we say a form of Tzidik Hadin every week because of that. And then he also says, that one should not study Torah, at least not publicly because of that, because the Gemara in Moed Katan Chav Bezamad Bey says, that when a Torah teacher in the city dies, so all of the yeshivas should close in order to honor him. So based on that, we don't study Torah at the time when Moshe, the greatest Torah teacher of all time, died, which was Shabbos afternoon, so we don't study Torah then. Now, Tosos questions this theory that Moshe died on Shabbos afternoon because in the Torah, Moshe says, I'm 120 years old today. And the Gemara says that he was exactly 120 that day when he died. It was his birthday. So if he was 120 on the day that he died, and it was a Shabbos, and he also said, I'm 120 in the Torah, so when did he write that Pasuk? If he wrote it before he died, so then it was a lie because he wasn't 120 until the day he died. And if he wrote it on the day he died, which was his birthday, so that was Shabbos. He couldn't write on that day. So based on that, Tosos asks, how could it be that Moshe died on Shabbos? And the Rush, when he discusses this issue in Psachim, Perak Yudsim, and Yud Gimel, so he adds another similar question, which is the Medrash says that Moshe wrote 13 Torahs on the day he died. So if that day was Shabbos, how could he have written Torahs that day? So Tosos quotes that the Seder Olam actually says that the day Moshe died was on Friday. So basically there's a debate between Rav Sar Shalom versus Tosfos, whether Moshe died on Shabbos afternoon or Friday afternoon. And the Rush explains that according to Tosfos and the Seder Olam, if Moshe died on Friday, so then the reason we say Tzidkas Chatzedek, this Tzidok Hadin on Shabbos afternoon, is not because Moshe died, but it's because of a different tradition that the people whose souls are being punished in the next world get a reprieve on Shabbos. But those people are about to return after Shabbos, so for their sakes, we now say Tzidok Adin. Now, to try to answer Tosos' question on Rav Sar Shalom, how Moshe could have written in the Torah that he was 120 years old if that day was Shabbos, so the Marsha in Baba Basra Tesvavam at Aleph has a discussion of this. And one of his ideas is that the Gemara in Baba Basra there says that how did Moshe write that he was going to die? That's a very painful thing for someone to write that they're about to die. So there's two approaches in the Gemara. Rabbi Yehuda says that Moshe didn't actually write that. Yehoshua completed the last few psukim, which said that Moshe is going to die. But Rabbi Shimon disagrees and he says, no, it's not possible that Moshe didn't write the entire Torah. So it must be that Moshe wrote even in the part about that he was going to die, but it was different than the rest of the Torah. The rest of the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Omer, Hashem would tell Moshe what to write, um Moshe kosev va'omer. Moshe would repeat after Hashem and then he would write it down. Mikan va'elach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Omer, those last few psukim which told about Moshe's death, so Hashem told Moshe what to write, 
Umosha Kosev Bedima, and Moshe was writing while he was crying. So Rabbi Shimon makes a distinction between the writing of the earlier parts of the Torah versus the last few psukim, that in the earlier part, Moshe was repeating after Hashem, but in the last eight psukim, which told about his death, he was overcome by emotion, so he couldn't repeat what Hashem was saying, it was too painful, but he wrote it through his tears. That's how Rashi interprets the Gemara. There's another interpretation from the Vilna Gon, which is very creative, which is that the word dima doesn't mean tears, it can also mean a mixture. So according to the Vilna Gon, yes, Moshe wrote the entire Torah, but that means he wrote all the letters. The last few psukim he wrote as a word scramble. It was a jumble of words, a dim'a, but it wasn't the actual words which it was going to say. So even though all the letters were there, they had to unscramble it after Moshe died, but he had never written about his death. So that's a very creative, sharp interpretation of that word. Now, Demar Shah suggests that maybe there's a third possibility here. Not that Moshe was crying as he was writing, but that he actually wrote it with tears. So he didn't use normal ink, he wrote it with tears. And that would answer Tosus's question because the Gemara in Gittin, Yotesim Aleph, says that if someone writes on Shabbos with spit, that's not a violation of Shabbos. So in the same way, even though Moshe wrote the whole Torah and the last bit was written on Shabbos, he was allowed to do that because he didn't write with ink, which would have been prohibited. He wrote it with his tears and that's allowed on Shabbos. But there was no lie when he said that I'm 120 years old today because it actually was Shabbos when he was writing it. At the same approach as mentioned by the Chassam Sofer, quoting the great Italian Kabbalist, the Ramami Pano, as well as the Shalah, that they suggested that Moshe wrote the actual words using his tears. So that's why it was allowed on Shabbos. So that would answer Tosus's question on Rav Sar Shalom, how Moshe could have written the end of the Torah as well as died on Shabbos. Now the Chasim Sofer and Etshuva and Chelek Vav, Simen Chavtes, so he quotes an answer to the Rush's additional question, how did Moshe write 13 Torahs on the day that he died if it was Shabbos? So he quotes from the Shalah that Moshe wrote it magically. He didn't actually sit down and write it using a pen and ink, but rather he said the special name of Hashem, which can do Kabbalistic magic, and then the Torahs were created, and that is allowed on Shabbos. So this is an interesting source because it indicates that doing things through Kabbalistic magic would be allowed on Shabbos, even if it creates the same end goal as one of the prohibited labors. So this is an interesting discussion, but again, there is an approach to defend that Moshe died on Shabbos, even though he was doing all sorts of writing that last day. Now the Chida in his Sefer Dvash Lepi, Maracha Mem Os Mem Gimel, so he quotes something really wild from the Ramami Pano, that even though Moshe did die on Friday, as Tosfos quoted from the Seder Olam, so that's how he was able to finish writing the Torah and write the 13 Torahs, because that was a Friday, he finished up everything and he died on that day, but his soul didn't leave until Shabbos afternoon. So this is some sort of Kabbalistic idea that his soul hung around for another day, but whatever exactly that means, it is a way of defending Rav Sar Shalom's idea, even according to Tosus's questions, because even though it's true that Moshe died on Friday, but his soul left the world on Shabbos, so that's why we say Tzidkas Chatzedek on Shabbos afternoon, and that's why there would be a custom not to study Torah on Shabbos afternoon. Now, the Bach and the Taz in their halachic commentaries also deal with this issue, and they also suggest approaches to defend Rav Sar Shalom's view. The Bach in Simen Reish Tzadi 
Bez argues that even though Moshe died on Friday afternoon, but he was buried on Shabbos afternoon, so therefore we follow the moment of burial, and that's when we commemorate his death. Now, the Taz also has a suggestion for Rav Sar Shalom, and he says that Rav Sar Shalom effectively agrees with Tosos' historical version of events, that Moshe died on Friday afternoon. So that's when he finished writing the Torah, wrote the 13 Torahs, and then died that day. But we can't commemorate his death on Friday afternoon, because anyways, people are not studying Torah. They're not in shul to say Tzidkas Chetzedek. So the commemoration was pushed off to Shabbos afternoon, when we're able to remember his death. We say Tzidkas Chetzedek, and people would be studying Torah, so we tell them not to. So the proper time to commemorate this is on Shabbos afternoon, even though he died on Friday afternoon. And that's what Rav Sar Shalom meant, not that he actually died on Shabbos afternoon, but that the commemoration is on Shabbos afternoon. So those are some of the approaches to answer Rav Sar Shalom from Tosvos' questions. Now, on a practical level, both the tour and the Shulchan Aruch quote the custom to say Tzidkas Chatzedek, and the tour mentions both explanations, either because Moshe died then, or because the souls are going back to be judged after Shabbos. Now, interestingly, the Mishnah Brura adds in that not only Moshe died on Shabbos afternoon, but Yosef and David also died. So in commemoration of these three great Torah giants, Yosef, Moshe, and David, that's why we have these customs. Now the tour followed by the Ramah both quote the custom not to study on Shabbos afternoon, but the Ramah does give an important exception. He says that you can say Pirkei Avos in the summer, and the Shir HaMalos, if you look in the Siddur, there's printed all sorts of Tehillim, we say those in the winter. So according to the Ramah, even though you can't have like a big Shir, and you can't study, but you could say these types of things that are in the Siddur. Now, the Maganav Rum, followed by the Mishnah Brura, have another very important exception, which is even though you can't have a public shear, you can't study as a group, but they say that one or two people could study alone in their home. So you shouldn't have like a study session in the shul, but people can study on their own, certainly at home. Now, the Mishnah Brura quotes another important limitation on this prohibition from the Vilna Gaon, which is that it's only in the late afternoon as it's getting dark. But earlier in the afternoon, even if someone already daven mincha, they can still study Torah. So the Vilna Gaon explained that the reason we say Perkeavos in the afternoon is because it's still daytime even though it's after Mincha, but since it's not getting dark, so it's not prohibited to learn Torah. It's only prohibited late in the afternoon when it's almost dark. So basically, there's two leniencies why we're able to say Pirkei Avos. The Ramah says, because it's not the classic kind of Torah study that's prohibited on Shabbos afternoon. We're just reading through the Mishnayos. And the Vilna Gaon has a different explanation because since it's not dark out yet, it's earlier in the day, so therefore it's permitted. And the Mishnah Brura also accepts that leniency. And then the Mishnah Brewer basically does away with this entire prohibition because he quotes from the El Yorabah, quoting the Malbushe Yom Tov, who's the Tosvos Yom Tov commentary on Mishnayos, that he quotes that his Rebbe, the Maharal of Prague, used to give a shear between Mincha and Mariv. And the reason the Mishnah Brewer says is because nowadays people just chit-chat and they say all sorts of silly things. So better that they should be studying Torah than wasting their time. So the Mishnah Brewer basically does away with this and that's in general the practice. People are always giving divrei Torah at Shalashudis. In some shuls, they even have a shear during that period. People will sit and study by themselves. So it's all based on the Mishnah Brura, who has a number of leniencies to this prohibition to study Torah on Shabbos afternoon. And then he sort of does away with the whole thing because the Maharal of Prague used to give a shear between Mincha and Mariv on Shabbos afternoon. 
Now, in the Piskei Tshuvis, he quotes a few other leniencies. He quotes from the Likute Maharich, which is a Chassidish Halacha Sefer, that he quotes the Ateres Tzvi, which is a commentary on the Zohar, that this whole prohibition only applies before Shalashudis. But during Shalashudis, even those who prohibit studying Torah on Shabbos afternoon, you're allowed to say Divrei Torah during the Shalashudis meal. So that would obviously be a leniency for anyone saying a Dvar Torah during Shalashudis, even if it's late in the day, so it's almost dark, it's after they daven Mincha, but according to this Kabbalistic approach, you can still share a Dvar Torah. Then he quotes that the Orzarua also quotes an early custom in Rhines in Germany that they used to have a shear between Mincha and Marv. So that's similar to the Maharal, that they also were not concerned about this and they would learn between Mincha and Mariv. Now I'll mention one last leniency. This comes from the Prisha in Simon Reish Tzadi Beis and it's quoted by the Maharsham in Das Torah. Now this has to do with a debate between Rabbeinu Tam and Rabbeinu Mishulam. In an earlier recording we discussed some of the history of their debates. So there's another debate recorded between the two of them by the Rush and the Mordechai at the end of Psachim over when to eat Shalashudis. Rabbeinu Mishulam did what most of us do which is he daven Mincha and then he ate Shalashudis. But Rabbeinu Tam got upset at him about this because Rabbeinu Tam held that you should eat Shalashudis before you daven Mincha. Even though you should eat it in the afternoon, so during the time of Mincha, but it should be before you eat Mincha so that you eat earlier in the afternoon. Now Rabbeinu Tam's reason is because he's very concerned about a medrash which says that anyone who drinks water on Shabbos evening, Bein Hashmashos, between sunset and nightfall is as if they're stealing from the dead and they're going to be in danger. So based on that, Rabbeinu Tam was very worried that if people eat Shalashudis late in the afternoon on Shabbos, they might come to drink water at that point and they'll be in danger. And he even tells a story where someone did such a thing and they came into danger. So according to Rabbeinu Tam, Shalashudis needs to be pushed earlier before Mincha. Now, Rabbeinu Mishulam had a few answers to him. One possibility is that his version of the Medrash said not Shabbos afternoon, but Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos afternoon. So according to Rabbeinu Mishulam, the danger was in drinking water on Friday evening, not on Shabbos evening. So that's why he held that you could eat Shalashudis later in the afternoon after Mincha. So then the debate between Rabbeinu Tam and Rabbeinu Mishulam has to do with what version of the Medrash they had. Is the problem on Friday afternoon or Shabbos afternoon? So Tosos and Psachim and Kofi Amad Aleph and the Ramah in Simen Reish Tzadi Aleph, they go through this whole issue. And what exactly this means that drinking the water is dangerous because you're stealing from the dead is not totally clear. The Mordechai explains it that according to Rabbeinu Tam, the dead drink the water before their souls return to judgment after Shabbos. Whereas according to Rabbeinu Mishulam, the dead drink from the water on Friday afternoon when their souls are relieved from the punishment of the week. So that's one way to understand it. The Piskei Chuvis quotes from the Rokeach and Rabbeinu Bechaye that they understand that the dead are not drinking the water, but they're washing themselves with the water. Obviously, there's some sort of mystical secrets to all this, which I don't understand. But just on a practical level, there are a number of different approaches to when it's dangerous to drink the water. Is it Friday evening, between sunset and nightfall? Is it Shabbos evening? The Ramah even quotes some leniencies that maybe it only applies to someone in the morning year for their parents, or maybe it only applies to wells. It doesn't 
apply to in homes. So that would obviously solve our problem because most of our drinking water comes from our home. Either way, to come back to our original question of studying Torah on Shabbos afternoon. So the Prisha seems to assume, and this also seems to be the assumption of the Rush's presentation in Psachim, that Rabbeinu Tam's view that drinking the water on Shabbos evening is dangerous is connected with the idea that Moshe died at that time. So if that's the case, the fact that we eat Shalashudis on Shabbos afternoon after Mincha, like Rabbeinu Mishulam, not like Rabbeinu Tam, would seem to indicate that we don't hold of the view that Moshe died on Shabbos evening. We hold that he died probably on Friday evening. So that's why we drink water in the evening on Shabbos. And that would also allow us to study Torah then, because if we don't hold that Moshe died then, then it's also permitted to study Torah. So that's the leniency of the Prisha, which the Marsham in Das Torah quotes, that since we eat Shalashudis at that time, unlike Rabbeinu Tam's stringency, so it would follow that we can also study Torah. Rabbeinu Tam and Rav Sar Shalom, who hold that Moshe died at that time, so just like they say not to study Torah, they would also say not to eat Shalashudis late in the day, but to do it earlier in the afternoon.